Time for last call. There aren't a lot of places like this around anymore. I know. I'm gonna miss it. And for a new beginning. I do have a mission. And I'm not cut out for it. I'm Jared Hall from Entertainment Weekly, and here is what to watch this weekend, Friday, April 9th through Sunday, April 11th. We're counting down the weekend's top five must-see picks from TV and movies, but first, your entertainment headlines. Fresh off the success of his limited series, It's a Sin, creator Russell T. Davies' Queer as Folk reboot has found a new home at Peacock. Davies will executive produce this new series, which is created, written, and produced by Stephen Dunn. While Davies' original 1999 series was set in Manchester and a 2000s Showtime remake moved the action to Pittsburgh, this new take will be set in New Orleans, according to NBC Universal, and will focus on a diverse group of friends whose lives are transformed in the aftermath of a tragedy. The 32nd annual GLAAD Media Awards were handed out Thursday night in a ceremony honoring LGBTQ representation in media. Schitt's Creek won top TV comedy honors for the second year in a row, while Star Trek Discovery won in the drama category. Happiest Season, starring Kristen Stewart and Mackenzie Davis, won Outstanding Film. Michaela Cole's acclaimed HBO limited series, I May Destroy You, won in that category. The cast of Glee also reunited to honor late star Naya Rivera, whose character Santana came out 10 years ago on that show. Demi Lovato, who played her girlfriend during season five, gave the introduction. For the full list of GLAAD winners and for other news, reviews, interviews, and more, head over to EW.com. Now, time to power up this weekend's picks. Number five is the latest addition to Netflix's superhero movie lineup and the latest project from Melissa McCarthy and her husband, Ben Falcone, Thunder Force. The movie is the tale of estranged childhood friends Lydia and Emily, played by McCarthy and Octavia Spencer, who reunite after Emily devises a super-powered formula that will enable them to defend their city from its many supervillains. They'll battle crime as the superhero duo Thunder Force, taking on Bobby Cannavale as the King, Jason Bateman as the Crab, and many other superhuman miscreants, with the occasional 80s-tinged dance number along the way. Falcone, who wrote and directed the movie, recently spoke to EW's Joey Nolfi about his approach to the superhero genre. I wanted to make a movie that lives comfortably in the world of superhero movies, you know, and that is also really funny. So being so uh, immersed in the tropes, you know, growing up, like that's one reason why, you know, when Octavia's character, Emily, she like listens to pump up music, you know, before they go on a mission or something, which could be seen as satirical. But I just was like, I just want to make a version of like, you know, like the thing would walk around with with his beer. Right. And you're like, wow, this guy's like the strongest thing in the world. But he like walks around crushing beers, you know, and stuff. And I was like, oh, so I I just want I wanted to be able to utilize those tropes in a way that I could spin towards a comedy. But uh, but I wasn't like trying to make fun of superhero movies because I do love them with all of this thing. Mm. Where am I? (laughs) There you go. So it's not exactly a satirical take on superheroes, but it's probably still the only superhero movie to involve crab sex. You can read more about that over at EW.com. In the meantime, Thunder Force are ready to save the day on Netflix now. 
Superheroes are not involved in our number four pick, but Jason Momoa is, although you won't be seeing the once and future Aquaman on screen in this one. Momoa executive produced the documentary Future People, the family of donor 5114, which follows a group of adolescents who discovered they were conceived from the same sperm donor. Filmed over eight years, the doc tracks the 37 half-siblings, and counting, as they form an unlikely family of familiar strangers. Here's a clip. I want our donor to know that, yeah, we really want to meet him, and we know that he probably has a life of his own now, and he might have, like, a partner and kids that he's raised, and that we just want to have, like, some identity of who we are. Because you want to know the other half of you, like... You only know what your mom gave you. Yeah, like, sometimes you're not even that similar to your mom, so you're like, ugh. It's, like, hard to, like, not be able to think of who your dad is. Most of my friends can just, like, talk about their dad or, like, know who they are, and I can't, like, like, I can't even picture him in my head of what he looks like, only my mom. Check out Future People to see if the kids will be all right. It starts streaming Saturday on Discovery+. Plus. Often here on What to Watch, we have celebrities making recommendations, telling us about things that they have recently watched. But I love it just as much when EW staff hop on the uh, on the old podcast here with me to tell all of you what they have been watching recently, because, you know, we watch a lot of TV here. So joining me today is Maureen Lee Linker to tell me what you're watching. Hi, Jared. Thanks for having me back on. I'm watching Brooklyn Nine-Nine. I am finishing up the tail end of the season that uh, that ran in the very beginning of the pandemic last year. It's been on my DVR for a minute and uh, just trying to make my way through all that stuff, you know? Yeah, were you losing some hard drive space on the DVR? I was, I was. <laughs> Although I don't know how much 30-minute episodes is going to clear. <laughs> yeah, no. But, hey, it happens to the best of us. Uh, so this show, of course, I mean, it's uh, they are going to be heading into Season 8, which, by the way, I think... There was a collective, uh, you know, mourning when they announced that the show uh, would be ending with its upcoming eighth season. Ending again, by the way, <laughs> we should know because it was ending once before when Fox canceled it and NBC saved it right away. But for those who have not watched the show, we, of course, by the title, know that it is a police procedural of sorts set in New York City. There's not much uh, procedural going on with it, but it is a police-related show set in Brooklyn, uh, and it is a comedy because we know it's a sitcom. But for everyone else who's not watched, give us a little insight into what the show is really about. Yeah, so in essence, it is a workplace sitcom. Think something like Cheers or The Office in the context of a police precinct. And so all of that workplace interplay that you have between workers and boss, uh, workplace romance, things that happen between your co-workers is here in this uh, with the, the characters uh, Amy and Jake, played by Melissa Fumero and Andy Samberg. They are two of the lead detectives of this precinct. They also have had a romance over the course of the show. And then there's Captain Holt, who's played by Andre Bauer, who is the straight man of the show. Mm -hmm. I mean, he, he, he plays it very straight, but he is hilarious. He is yes. probably one of the funniest characters on the whole show. And he is that kind of 
no BS, very <laughs> down to business boss. But when yeah. they can manage to crack that shell, it's uh, it's rewarding for all of them. And then there's Rosa, who is sort of the tough, kick-ass cop played by Stephanie Beatriz, and uh, uh, Terry Crews is on there as uh, another cop in the precinct. And so it's just yeah, this warm workplace comedy that just happens to have this added element of police work and often some mysteries to go along with that. Okay, so then eight seasons now, where we will have eight seasons of the show. What do you love so much about it? I think I love how it takes something that we assume is really heavy uh, and full of like violence and drama, which is police work, especially now um, that it's under so much more scrutiny and rightfully so. And it makes it something funny and light but in a really thoughtful way that also still is always addressing issues around policing and police work and issues of, you know, gatekeeping and race and sexuality and all those sorts of things, but always with this like really earnest, humorous point of view. And it's nice because, you know, when you think cop show, you think law and order or something like that. It's so fun to have something that completely upends that and, but also still does the work at the same time. And I think that's pretty rare for a show to pull off. Yeah, totally get it. Uh, That's a great point, too. So for anyone who's not checked it out, or if you have and you love it and you want to watch it again, all seven seasons are on Hulu. Thanks so much, Maureen. You're welcome. Heading from the 99 out to the town of Purgatory for our number three pick, Winona Earp. The beloved Supernatural Western series is headed for the end of the line tonight with an ending that's sure to be a crowd pleaser. It's way hot wedding time, y'all. Waverly and Nicole are finally set to tie the knot on the Earp homestead. Though from the look of the finale's teaser, it might not go completely smoothly. But what would a Winona Earp finale be without a couple crises to sort out? Though creator Emily Andrus didn't know this episode would be the series finale when she wrote it, she hopes fans will still find it a worthy conclusion. Here's Andrus discussing the episode from EW's Around the Table with Winona Earp. I feel like given all that this show has been through and how hard we've had to fight to keep it going for a variety of just crazy reasons and how dedicated the fans have been to fighting for the show, I did not have a crystal ball, but I was pretty determined to give them a fairly satisfying ending. There are some things that are unresolved because I like to hedge my bets um, (laughs) or come back for a movie in 20 years. I would love to do that. Whatever happens, I think there's always more story to tell, but I'm really proud of the finale. I really love it. I think it's one of my favorite episodes and I really hope the fans do too. Do you know what Paolo Barsman said about it? Learn to write? No, stop. No, he said it's like Emily opened her heart and just threw it on a page. Oh, I'm going to cry. I can't watch it without crying. Yeah, we're guessing fans won't be able to either. You can check out that full video at EW.com and catch the Winona Earp finale tonight at 10 on Sci-Fi. It's trivia time! Shameless is wrapping up its run this weekend. More on that in a bit. But today's trivia question goes all the way back to the beginning. Who played Sheila Jackson in the Showtime series' original pilot before Joan Cusack took over the role? Was it Allison Janney, Laura Linney, or Julia Louis-Dreyfus? 
Stick around for the answer. Our top two picks and soundbite of the week are coming up. What to watch? We'll be right back. Hey everyone, I'm Sid Evans, Editor-in-Chief of Southern Living and host of Biscuits and Jam. Since 2020, I've been interviewing musicians, chefs, authors, and other Southern icons about their family traditions, their faith, their favorite meals, and of course, what it means to be Southern. And I'm excited to announce Season 5 of our award-winning podcast. Join me every Tuesday for new conversations with some of the most interesting and influential Southerners around. Be sure to follow Biscuits and Jam wherever you get your podcasts. You can also find us online at southernliving.com slash biscuits and jam. Welcome back to EW's What to Watch. We cannot recommend Nassim Pedrad's new show, Chad, enough. If you missed our preview earlier this week, that's the show where the former SNL star plays a 14-year-old boy named Chad who's determined to be one of the popular kids in high school. Our soundbite of the week comes from the series premiere as Chad tells his best friend Peter why they should put junior high behind them. We can't have another junior high situation. They love junior high. Peter, you were voted most likely to be kidnapped. That was cool. That was not cool. That is a superlative you don't want to win. We love Chad, and you will too, as long as you have a high tolerance for cringe comedy. The show airs Tuesdays at 1030 on TBS. Number two. Now on to our number two pick, which asks, what if X-Men, but in Victorian London... HBO's The Nevers finally arrives on Sunday after a long road to the screen that involved delays and a split-in-half first season, both thanks to COVID, and the departure of showrunner Joss Whedon, who a couple months later was accused of abusive behavior on other projects. But the show itself remains intriguing. In 1896, a supernatural event strikes London, giving certain people, mostly women, abnormal abilities, ranging from wondrous to disturbing. The touched, as they're somewhat unfortunately called, are in grave danger, and it falls to widow Amalia True and brilliant young inventor Penance Adair to protect these gifted orphans. To do so, they have to face the brutal forces determined to annihilate their kind. Laura Donnelly and Anne Skelly play that central duo and bring lots of spark and great chemistry to their roles. Here's EW's Samantha Heifel on what she loves about the show's cast from our What to Watch video series. Yeah, I will say Laura Donnelly, who I only knew from Outlander, and Anne Skelly, who I hadn't seen before personally, um, they're fantastic. I thought they were sisters mm-hmm. for the first episode. They're just best friends, just so everyone yeah. knows going into it. Uh, but they just have a great rapport. I mean, it's mm-hmm. in some ways, it's very much so a classic brain versus brawn. You know, Laura yeah. Donnelly plays like the one who's going to get into a fight. And Anne mm-hmm. Skelly plays and Penance. And she does. <laughs> and she gets into a lot of fights. Yeah. And um, Penance is like the inventor. She, she comes up with these really cool, like, cars and things. Um, so it's a really, it's a really fun dynamic. And there's also, the show does a really good job of, I have some questions. There's a little bit of mystery around, mm-hmm. are these two women, are they really just trying to save all of these, you know, touched women? Yeah. Ugh, I hate it. We got to come up with something new. <laughs> um, but are they really just trying to save them or is there something more to it? And I think they do a right. good job of playing that as well. Like we said, intriguing stuff. Part one of The Never's first season, consisting of six episodes, gets underway Sunday at 9 p.m. on HBO. Number 
And for our number one pick, we have another series finale for you. The Gallagher Family Saga comes to an end this week with the final episode of Shameless, wrapping up after 11 seasons on Showtime. It's been a wild ride with Frank, Fiona, and the whole Gallagher brood, and this finale will mark the true end of an era, especially for stars Emma Kenny and Ethan Kutkowski, who were cast as youngest siblings Debbie and Carl at just 10 years old. The now 21-year-olds recently reflected on their time with the series for EW and shared a few of their favorite memories from the early days. I want to bring up a set school memory. I remember this is this is, when, this is when Emma and I really started becoming brother and sister. I think it was like end of season one or something. We're sitting in the Gallagher boys' bedroom on you know like a little picnic. Know the story. We're eating food. I look over to Emma and I go, "If you're gonna chew like that, can you please step outside?" <laughs> Ethan, <laughs> what kind of where is this? Where is this? Going? It makes me look like an a hole. That's how I knew your brothers and sisters at that point. <laughs> My first memory of Ethan is. We were getting picked out. We were at the hotel going to our, like, screen test for the show before we booked it. And I saw Ethan. He had these, uh, it was either Batman or Spider-Man. Batman. It was Batman sunglasses. And he was just, like, sitting there, like, his arms crossed, like, chin up. He was like, what's up? I'm Ethan. And I was like, hi, I'm Emma. And he was like, what have you been in? And I was like, oh, I haven't been in anything. And he was like, I'm in the unborn. <laughs> and that was the beginning of um, many, 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 many memories. And now we've reached the end. What will the finale hold? We're guessing we'll see a funeral for Frank after the end of last week's episode. And we can always hope for a return appearance from Emmy Rossum. But you'll have to tune in to find out. Shameless wraps up Sunday at 9 on Showtime. And finally this weekend, the answer to our trivia question. Who played Sheila Jackson in the original Shameless pilot before Joan Cusack took over the role? Allison Janney, Laura Linney, or Julia Louis-Dreyfus? Here's a hint. The actress came to the south side from the West Wing. Yep, the answer is Allison Janney. She had to drop out of the role due to her commitment to the short-lived ABC sitcom Mr. Sunshine. That's our show for this weekend. We'll have more news and must-see picks for you on Monday, so be sure to follow or subscribe to What to Watch so you don't miss our daily recommendations, more of which can be found at EW.com. I'm Senior TV Editor Jared Hall. You can find us on Twitter at EW and at Jared Hall. Thanks so much for listening, and have a great weekend. What to Watch. What to Watch is written by Tyler Aquilina, edited and produced by Joshua Heller, produced and hosted by Jared Hall, and executive produced by Shana Naomi Krokmal and Carly Usden.